Hey guys, welcome back. This is CourtsAheat.com And today, we have so much to talk about. My mind was exploding uh, for this game six. It's the Lakers against Suns. And then I also was seeing what was happening in game six with Portland-Denver. And so much more. Seeing the games that unfolded yesterday. And the games that are happening today. I do want to say before we get anything else, I would, I do want to say I apologize for not getting a podcast episode tomorrow, I mean yesterday, but I I didn't want to get one out Friday because I realized I wanted to see what happened to the Mavericks game, and I want to talk about the Bucks and what they can do to beat the Nets, and what the Nets can do to be successful in the long, long run. So first of all. Before we jump into all this, before we start an action, I wanted to address a few things. And if you guys have been listening to this podcast, um, been oil listeners this entire time, or have been uh, getting to know us more, listening to our past episodes, our past few episodes, I wanted to address our elite memberships, or multiple memberships, really. As we are expanding... And we want to have different price ones. We want to have different types of memberships. So it wasn't like this one size fits all. And really, we updated that today. So we have our Lee membership, which we've been talking about. We also have our Silver membership. Real quick, with our Lee membership, every month you'll be getting four articles, four personalized coupons, two newsletters, commenting on every single post that you guys like. And sending you personalized emails to let you know that your articles are ready to be read. Getting the newsletters there. Giving you 80% or more off your orders through our coupons. Per coupon. That's the Elite Membership. And whether you're buying your, the Elite Membership or the Silver Membership. And you want to get in and know. We realize money should not just be thrown into something for the sake of it, right? We wanted to give you a chance to try it out. Why not test it? Why not take it for a spin? And that is what we're doing. When you purchase this uh, membership and whatnot, you can get the first three days for free. The first, excuse me, first three days. First three days. Number three days. Are going to be free. Then after that third day. Heading on to the fourth day. It will be $3 per month. For the elite membership. Or $2 per month for the silver membership. And speaking of the silver membership. Like the same stuff that you get. With the elite membership. But however for a dollar less. You'll only be getting two exclusive articles. Per month. Uh, two coupons. And one newsletter. And commenting on posts. And the thing I hate about this silver membership. If I were a subscriber. I would pay the dollar more. Because you guys will be limited on some of the content. So while when you pay a dollar more for the elite membership. You get all of our exclusive articles. Where with this one coming out of per. I only have two articles. All of our previous ones will only be for our elite membership. And upcoming ones will be, like every other week, will be for the silver or however we spread that out. 
and it will be known to you guys. Like, where you guys are able to and you sign in and whatnot and see, oh, I can't get there because I'm not on the Elite membership. But if you guys only want to spend two bucks and get um, two articles, two coupons, and one newsletter and commenting on posts still and saving that buck, I wouldn't mind it, but I would highly recommend spending the extra dollar. Why not get something that you're able to get everything on previous um exclusive articles tailored to what you guys enjoy up until now and what's coming out this Sunday morning. I guess which will be tomorrow morning if you think about it. So I would highly recommend the Dollar More Elite membership, but do what you guys feel comfortable with. And also, um the form is going for job form. Um the money that you put through like your credit card information this is not sketchy. This goes through Stripe. None of your information is being sold to third parties. Um, besides us and Stripe, who's taking your payments, um, that's the only one. We don't save your credit card information unless you tell Josh Form to. Um, to be honest, we have no need or desire to keep your information, put extra expenses on. Right, that's all we want to do. We want to benefit you and have you see all the NBA Insider content we're putting out, all the coupons. We want to help you as much as you want to help us, giving your money for something in exchange. Right, so besides that, the links will be down below. Of course, we're going to let you have the description of all this stuff, but just click on the job form link. It'll give you a breakdown under each category of what's in there. What to inspect and what not. But if you want to go to the site, let's go to courtie.com. Then click if you're on mobile or on desktop. Just click on um, join us. Just click the join us tab. Or if you're already a member, click membership sign in. Uh, login. Apologies. Membership login. And you'll be able to sign in. Boom. Bada bang. You will be set for... Uh, next time you need to log in, you'll be able to get all of the exclusive content, all of the newsletters, which is coming out Sunday morning, around seven, around between seven a.m. and nine a.m. So keep open for that. And if you guys want to sign in for the free newsletter that we have going on, because we have three different newsletters, we will be having a pop up on the site where you would put in your name and email, totally free optional for you guys and that is pretty much it i'll cover social media at the end because i've already gone through seven minutes of your guys's time talking about the memberships that we hold where you guys can find out which will be in the description below whether or you're on youtube rumble daily motion or soundcloud uh soundcloud itunes google podcasts or even spotify so without further ado, we'll save this social media towards the end. You guys should pretty much know where to find us now to suck it up. But without further ado, let's get into all the madness is happening, all the breaking news, all the exciting times. Like we're gonna be breaking down the box with their first game coming up against the Nets, reliving some of the greatest moments we saw. Um, and Devin Booker, who made the phrase be legendary come true in Phoenix in LA. We'll get to that. 
why LeBron James is no longer who we saw he was and why he needs Anthony Davis. We'll touch on everything like that. Breaking news surrounding the Blazers, Damian Lillard, and everything else that will blow your mind. Speaking about this, let's jump right into the breaking news. Quick one, just because at 4.30 p.m. today, uh, Arizona time for the game on the Bucks nets game. Uh, notable injury, Jeff Green is going to be out. Jeff Green is a forward for the Brooklyn Nets, and he's going to be out as he is dealing with a left foot injury. He's going to be considered day-to-day. Not the biggest issue in the world for Nets, so in terms of injuries, he should be okay, but I don't know. They don't give a timeline besides day-to-day, but he has been ruled out for day one. However, you'll still have James Harden, Kyra Irving, Kevin Durant, Blake Griffin, and another guy um, all in the starting lineup. Okay, so that was not huge. But now I want to get to Terry Stotts. And Terry Stotts is the head coach for the Portland Trailblazers. If you guys have not seen yet, I'm just going to talk about it now. The Trailblazers lost against the Nuggets. I'll talk about that more in the upcoming minutes. Because after breaking news, I'm going to get to, to that before the Phoenix Suns news. Because I got a lot to say on that. But Terry Stotts and the Trailblazers have mutually agreed to part ways after nine long years. After pretty much having Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. And potentially Marcus Aldridge. During all of his time there, yes, Terry Scott is no longer there. Terry is now a free agent in the head coaching market. He could become a assistant head coach, a full-time head coach. If anybody wants to offer him that, which there are a lot of teams now, two of them like the Celtics, and now the Blazers looking for a new head coach, another one to have more of a winning culture, a winning chance of actually making the puffs and making Damian Lord happy or anybody happy. And we'll get to that in a minute. But the Trailblazers are now looking to add someone new. And again, Jason Kidd. Damian Lord wants Jason Kidd. He said Jason Kidd would be amazing for the Blazers. And he's hoping um, that he can get it. And... He's looking that he can either get. Here's here's saying this is what the Trailblazers want. They want assistant. They want Clippers assistant head coach, coach Chauncey Billups, or Lakers assistant head coach Jason Kidd. Billups and Kidd are both great options. Both would help entice Damian Lord on their issue, on their nine year run maybe ending. And I'm going to transition to that now. I'm going to transition to that. So we saw a number of things happen. Damian Lillard. Um, I'm also going to talk about the Nuggets. Uh, Trailblazers game now. Because I think that's going to be pretty significant. We saw the Nuggets win. For two? For four. Oh come on. I had this. Come on. No, oh man, I apologize. I had this four to two. I knew I, I knew it wasn't a game seven. 
don't know why I had a game seven stuck in my mind. No one had a game seven yet until we get to Dallas. And that's going to be pretty interesting to talk about. But staying on topic, we had Nuggets against Trailblazers where Denver won 4-2. They won 126-115. to 115. Don't let the score um, ba- uh, like, uh, like confuse you like, oh, the Trailblazers didn't play well. Actually, it was the other way around. So in the first half, Trailblazers were dominating. Um, Palau was great. Lillard was great. Nurfik was great. McCollum was great. Anthony was good. And different things like that. They were hitting shots. They were up by as much as 16 points in the first half. Letting it roll. Uh, Nuggets were looking... Nuggets were not looking good. They were not looking solid. They were looking as... Like, Bland had many defensive problems, many offensive problems, couldn't click until the second half. But it was looking like in that first half we were going to see it free-free and going into a Game 7. However, in the second half, excuse me, we saw the Nuggets come out like a raging bull. Jokic turns it on, who ended with 36 points. Michael Porter Jr. turned it on for 26 Aaron Gordon hit hit a clutch free to make him have 13 points. Monty Morris hit a third quarter buzzer beater. Um, he hit some clutch shots too. Controlled the pace great. Had 22 points and 9 assists. And then of course, uh, John McHale Green. Uh, Green had 10 points. And that was a really good win. Really good win. Because in that final, in that second half, that final half, the Nuggets were so elite that in 24 minutes, they only allowed the Trailblazers to score four uh, points. It, they were having like a 26-4 run. Like this huge run where the Nuggets were hitting on the shots and the Blazers weren't. They switched the rules. That last five minutes was concerning. Trailblazers started to get it going again, but ultimately the Nuggets put it out, plot the fire with a fire extinguisher, killed their momentum, and just kept trucking along. Uh, Nikhil Jokic looked amazing. You couldn't stop him. Sure, he missed a few shots, but he got back the rebound, got back, drove it in, had his hook shots fade away, and his shot was just uncontestable. No matter how far you were on him. And then the end of the game, they had a few shots. The poor Trailblazers did, but ultimately failed because Damian Lord missed a few, uh, missed one to two, uh, clutch, game tying, game deciding, freeze, along with Nerfic having some foul trouble within the last few minutes of the fourth quarter, along with everyone else. Plus turnovers, we saw turnovers high in that game for. Portland, as Portland had a 16 turnovers, more than the uh, Nuggets, had less points in the paint, less steals, uh, less assists, less rebounds total, more fouls, and it was just a bad game all around going into the second half. Foul trouble, defensive gaps, defensive lacking. Uh, that's why they're called Portland, no defense, Trailblazers. 
Their offense just stalled late in that fourth quarter and now allowed the Nuggets to secure the win and win by 11 after hitting a few clutch free throws. And now we'll have the Nuggets going into the second round without uh, Jamal Murray and beating the odds. And speaking about beating the odds, this is where the Trailblazers need to beat the odds. Because now we have a bigger problem. Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard is is ready to leave. Damian Lillard put out cryptic tweets. And I hate when guys put out cryptic tweets. Because it doesn't really mean anything to me. It really doesn't mean anything until something actually happens. I get you want to be all cryptic. But just come out and say it. But he put out some cryptic tweets. Or just made one tweet. Right, it was minimum of one, and there was trick because he because he was tired of losing. He was tired of nine hard fought years with this team, mostly with Terry Stotts, former head coach. What we were talking about, where they both parted ways, and he wants to be of a more of a big market team. He wants to be traded. He wants to be known more. And two teams that came out of that, are you ready? It was, it was, you ready? Knicks, Lakers, Grizzlies. But the, uh, but the Knicks and Lakers have grabbed the attention so far in the media and rumors surfaced. Not saying those are trade destinations, but those are names popping up and something that Damian Lord has considered. Especially when Damian Lord's name was popping up last season and this season for trades. Right? So, that's something. That's something. And they also saw it. Whoa. When people also were thinking, what happens if we trade some of players from, um, from our team, from Portland, over to the Warriors to get Draymond Green? Or over, or trade, I'm reading this on Clutch Points, where they're like, Trade C.J. McCollum for Dylan Brooks, D'Anthony Melton, Brian Carkey, and a 22 first-round pick, and different things like that. And that's like their two tra- uh, main trades that try to entice Dylan, uh, Damian Lillard to stay. However, my feelings on it, after nine, nine hard-fought years, a lot of great moments, a lot of game-winning, game-deciding moments that came down to the hands of... Damian Lillard pulled it through, going through Marcus Aldridge, going through C.J. McCollum, and Carmel Anthony, and all these different types of players. Whether they were supporting character, supporting players for Damian Lillard, or someone of superstar potential with him, Damian Lillard is thirty years old, and the recruiting process could start, especially with their offseason starting now. Could things change? It could. Let's say they get Chauncey Billups or Jason Kidd, a head coach Damian Lillard may or may not like or may or may not be high on. We don't know yet. It just depends how far talks get and how far trade talks or head coaching talks, whichever comes up first. But let's say he's able to entice Mike. Oh, we got Jason Kidd. We're going to try to rebuild this roster with you as the main center point, we want to give you more money on your contract. We want to make you happy because Damian Lord 
has never had a season below well below nineteen points. The only time he had below nineteen points, are you ready? Was his first season in twenty twelve. Every single season, starting from twenty thirteen and now, it was twenty, twenty one, twenty five, twenty seven, twenty six, twenty five for twenty nine. That's each season. And he's been balling out in these past few games. I think he's tired because I was talking before, and if he was on any other team, any high marketable team, like a big market like the Lakers or Knicks or even the Warriors, for goodness sakes, he would be known for his 55-point games, for his game-winning shots, for those puff-deciding moments, especially against the Nuggets. Let's just say he had those back-to-back uh, overtime, double-overtime three-point shots in the, same, in the same area. That would be known. The media would be going crazier. Or what he did to Paul George a few years ago from that almost half-court free shot that was contested. That would have been crazy. But since he's in Portland, he's in a low-market team that's not really getting the detention, like attention that he thought he was going to be getting the praise, the approval, like, wow, this guy's something. People are criticizing him for taking that shot. Sure that's not sure that's not what you want as a head coach, your player taking that kind of shot. But looking over the years, especially up to now, he's been very clutch in a three-point three zone when he's needed, especially in big-time games. Sure, you could bring him to his last game, but everybody cast him a shot. But majority of the time, 9 out of 10 times, he's making those three-point shots to win a game, to tie a game, to send overtime, or just extend it to more pressure. And if he was on the Knicks or Lakers, he would be regarded as someone that was elite, that would be a top 10 NBA player by far in the league today. Imagine him on the Knicks. Imagine him, and now you have to give up a lot of pieces. But I'm just going to say, imagine having him, Julius Randle, RJ Barrett, and Derrick Rose. Just starting with those four players. Now, I get you're going to have to give up players. I get it, Derrick Rose may not resign. I get it, there's going to be different changes happening to our roster. But just imagine that four came out. Or let's imagine this, that the Lakers have LeBron, Anthony Davis, Dennis Schroeder, and him, and KCP. Imagine that. And then with Marcus all whatnot. Imagine all that. I'm just saying, there's going to be stuff there. But the Pontro Blazers are trying to ease their um, fear of losing Damian Lord. Because the only good part they had since Marcus Aldridge. And here's the problem Damian Lord's growing. Very weary of this team. Very tired of this team. Very frustrated. And they're trying to make it up to him. They're trying to say, okay, we'll get rid of Terry. Okay, we're going to try to make trades. But in my opinion, that's too far gone. And if I was Lord, I would just get the heck out of um, Portland and try to go to the Lakers, the Knicks, the Grizzlies, somewhere that you could actually win a championship on. Advance deep into the playoffs on. Or just help a team win and become more recognized. Something like that.
I'm not saying you should go to the Nets. Even though the Nets can't use anyone else because they have too many shooters there already. But you get where I'm coming from. So that's the news right now. Portland was eliminated. Nets, um, Nuggets were able to move on. So now we have um, that pretty much looming about what will Damian Lillard do. Because Damian Lillard doesn't have to make his um, decision right now. But Damian Lillard said, Jason Kidd's the guy I want. Quote, that's what he said. He said he likes Jason Kidd or Chauncey Billups. Help the guy out. For nine long years, you had a bum in Terry Stotts who couldn't really do anything. But if your star player saying, hey, I like Jason Kidd. Hey, I like Chauncey Billups. Let's make something happen before I grow really impatient. But he basically said to Portland, hire Jason Kidd. He's the guy I want leading this team, coaching his team, mentoring everyone. And this happened this happened last night saying we want Jason Kidd. I want Jason Kidd. This is what the Porn Trailblazers need to do. That, that's why I agree with. That's why I think because Jason Kidd's a great was a great player. He was um he was amazing assistant head coach. And now the recruitment begins because his name loomed last year, two seasons ago. His name's been up there since the Suns needed to find a new head coach before Monty Williams. And now it can be Jason Kidd's time. And I think that's the player, I think that's the type of coach Dan Miller wants. And if they get him and they try to swing the deal of like, Okay, we'll build around. We'll build around this. Just give us some time. But here's the thing. You have to also look at Damian Lord's contract real quick. You have to look at his contract. And I'm pulling this up because it's expiring soon. Yeah, yeah, this is either... He's going to be a free agent in 2025. That means he's going to be 34, 35 years old. And that means he's going to be like, okay, I don't have much time left to win the championship. He only has about five years left to win a championship before his time starts to decrease and his efficiency on the court start to go down. So he's got five true years left. And I say, do you want to be committing to Portland or do you want to win a championship? It comes down to that. Okay, let's move on to something else. And this is the most talked topic I want to talk about. And we pretty much killed two birds with one stone here. Talking about the Nuggets Trailblazers game. And all the breaking news that surrounded Terry Stott, Jason Kidd, Chauncey Billups, Damian Lord, most importantly. And this all ties in. What we just explained all tied in. What we saw was just going to be not a lot of stakes risen. The bar has just been set saying, if I don't get what I want, I'm leaving. You have a decision. Tell him to get Jason Kidd, hire him, and finally put this team back on track. That's what he wants. Because I think he's ready for next step. Nine on years. 
I think he's ready. Okay. I want to talk about this topic next. Because we already closed out many of the series. And boy, oh boy, is this a good one. Uh, whether you heard this yesterday night or this morning, it does not matter. The Phoenix Suns, your Phoenix Suns, in L.A., uh, Mini Mamba, Little Mamba, whatever you want to call Devin Booker, balled out against the Lakers. The aging LeBron and Anthony Strico's Davis lost in L.A. to the Phoenix Suns. That game was the most stressful game I've ever watched. The Phoenix Suns playing or any other team. Because even though they're up by 27 majority of the game. And never letting them have the lead ever in the game. Or being close within 10 points. Besides late in the mid-fourth quarter. Late the mid-fourth quarter. It didn't matter. It, it was like being up by 27. Was the same as being up by 10 points. Because the Lakers had runs within minutes of one minute. They were in a run of 10. And it took them a minute to get 10 points. And it was like a 10 to 2 run. But then boom. Bada bang. We, Jay Crowder started the quarter with a free. Started the game off with a free. And he ended us with a free point shot. He was free for free for free pointer. Devin Booker was red hot for 47 points and 11 rebounds. Getting that double-double. Chris Paul had 12 assists and hitting a crucial shot. A huge shot during the end. A pull-up mid-range jumper. to sealed the deal to get that veteran. And I was tweeting all last night. He had the veteran awareness in him. The veteran type style in him. And it worked. It showed in the first quarter. The Suns were winning 36-14. How that last game was going. When we blew them out by 30 points. But it was pressuring. Because we didn't know when the Lakers were going to give us every single punch they had. LeBron was whining every time he didn't get a call. Because he thought to himself he was going to get every single free throw. We saw Lee flop. Lee Flop, that's his name, that's what I'm calling him, Lee Flop, was trying to get any call he can, crying to the ref, trying to run into DeAndre Ayn, trying to be physical, but he was not. He was getting gassed and worried. Anthony Davis, six minutes into the game, not even that, I had to be out for the remainder of the game due to a sense to restraining, to re-injuring, to re-aggravating a groin injury that he had coming into that game because he had too much mobility going on and you just cannot play for a groin injury within less of a week of straining that groin in, uh, groin originally. But Jay Crowder was huge for free pointer. We connected with 51% of frees thanks to Crowder and to Booker. Um, we balled out, like I said, we, 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 we showed dominance, we were hitting every single shot, we were capitalizing on defense, creating turnovers, we never took it for granted, even being up by 27 points, my heart was racing, everybody was locked in, they did some star Mark and Saul, but that didn't do anything, 
All that did was just enrage Devin Booker and the Suns. And they just kept pounding them. No matter what the what the Lakers did, they, the Lakers never had the lead in that game. It was always the Suns being on top. That was a fact. So basically what the Lakers, so what the Suns did to the Lakers, in 2010, the Lakers defeated the Suns 4-2. Now the roles are reversed. Kobe Bryant defeated Steve Nash in F, um in in the in the playoffs four to two, but now the Phoenix Suns have defeated the Los Angeles Lakers in LA four to two. It, it was spectacular. It was spectacular. It it really was. You couldn't beat him. You couldn't beat him. And I I just want to point out, first of all, Devin Booker, when it mattered most, when he needed to play the best, showed no fear. This was a team besides Jay Crowder and Chris Paul who've never experienced a pause before. Monty Williams got his first pause win, first pause series win. But Devin Booker is who we saw he was with the Suns, who he is now. Fans are now experiencing on a national stage level that the Suns, that Devin Booker is the guy. He's a definitely an all-star. He's the guy that with no fear went to L.A., never played good in L.A. in the series until I, until Thursday night where he came out raining, hitting every single free in the zone. You can even tell the shots are releasing. He was in the zone. He was dead off. He didn't take his eyes off LeBron. He didn't take his eyes off the score. And he made sure every single shot was ran. He had 22 points in the first quarter. First quarter. And that's just insane. That's insane. The Suns battled through. Sure, we had some mishaps. I hate campaign. He has the ugliest looking shot. He, he missed wide open layups, driving layups, and we saw when campaign missed that driving layup that the, Sun, uh, that the Suns were about to lose it. They were within 10, but they never were able to crack it down to single digits afterwards. We were able to regain it thanks to Cam Johnson hitting the free, Mikhail Bridges hitting the free, us getting it back up to 17, the veteran awareness, and Chris Paul, and everything else. LeBron did not look good in there. Um, he didn't. Most of the game, he was just walking up to court. When something, when something negative happened against his team, he was just walking up to court. Legit, like if uh, the Suns scored, LeBron wouldn't even go up. He would just start walking or just wait for the Suns to come back down. He did that when the Suns were getting no calls they saw should happen. When he was whining to refs, when he was just making his dumb faces and trying to take extended breaks, um, we, we, I don't know how I to say this, but this was a ama- this was amazing. Like DeAndre Ayton has some great moments. The alley oop to DeAndre Ayton by Chris Paul was amazing. I I just can't speak more highly of his team. You have like, you have no idea how much pressure Devin Booker had, 
having to be LeBron James on certain rolling to his game, not being low in Staples Center, Staples Arena this series, having to play where you have to play in Staples Arena where he idolized Kobe Bryant, had to close it out against the defending champs. That's pressure. But somehow in the first quarter, first quarter, he had 22 points, 8 of 9 shooting, 6 of 6 for three-point range. Come on, he was setting history. Be legendary. He was legendary that game. He took every ounce of his body and made sure he won. That that was determination. That was grind. That was pressure. That was stress and that was anxiety. But he channeled his inner Mamba, his inner Black Mamba, his inner Kobe. He just bawled out. He even said that Kobe, he would have made Kobe proud. He made Kobe proud the way he played. There was heartfelt moments in there. And all came down here. So the first chance of the Suns getting a puff series having to close out, Devin Booker was the guy with forty with around forty points. With with forty with around forty points, not taking any chances. Devin Booker dominated the first chance he got at closing out the game against the Lakers when there was a lot of hesitancy. But he scorched and torched the crud out of out of the Lakers. That's, that's impressive. That's impressive. I don't think anybody realizes that enough as... Um, that was a do-or-die game for both teams. The Lakers had tons of pressure with or without Anthony Davis. Seeing an aging LeBron not able to convert simple layups or even free throws as he just given up on that entire game at one point. More worried about what he had to say than actually performing. But that was a do or die game for both teams. Because even though you could say, oh, we have a game seven, not against LeBron, not against the defending champs. And Devin Booker's like, we're not, we're not going to a game seven. We'll never go to a game seven. I'm closing this thing out right here, right now against the defending champs. Right in front of everybody screaming, defense, everybody chaining, everybody chanting for the Lakers, for LeBron, booing us, everything else. But then we got the ultimate revenge. We closed out the series. We did everything correct. Monty Williams got his first playoff series win. Chris Paul dedicated the ball. You had to watch that game because I can't picture. I can't tell you everything that happened in that game. But all I can say, when I saw Kobe, when I saw Devin Booker playing that game... And scoring forty-seven points, I saw Dev. I saw a mini Kobe Bryant. His discipline, his grind, his determination to shoot willingly and forcefully, and making it every single time in the clutch, deep when you had a guy on him, when you had LeBron on him, when you had Schroeder on him, when you had KCP on him. When you had Gasol on him, when you had Drummond on him, when you had Harold on him, driving through the lane, hitting it every single time, finding the open man, finding everything. He was hitting wing shots. 
corner freeze, uh, mid drum burst layups. He dunked it out of pure excitement and saying, this is my territory. This is my aggression. He shot 8 out of 10 three-pointers. He killed the Lakers in mid-range. Every time they were sneaking up on the Lakers, like 10, 15, even 22 points, Booker kept nailing dagger after dagger after dagger to keep reminding us how significant, how big the margin was in that game, truly. How he was like, no, I'm not going to lose this way. I'm not going to let him return. There's going to be no third quarter punch, second quarter punch, first quarter punch, fourth quarter punch. And when the Lakers were having that third quarter burst of making shots, driving, LeBron being ferocious, the Suns stood their ground and still held it above 10 points, never let him go down in single digits. Now, granted, Wesley Matthews, Dennis Schroeder, all these different guys, LeBron, they missed some key shots, key layups, key mid-range shots, key free points. If Wesley Matthews would have converted that one free when they had it had within 10, it would have cut down to 7. It would have altered the game. Pierce saying, no matter what, Devin Booker, Devin Booker would have made Kobe proud if he was still alive today. He delivered a performance that was legendary, that was thrilling, that was more than what I was going to think that he was going to do. When I tell you he came out, after Drake, Jay Crowder hit the first free and made it, it was up free nothing. I knew this game was going to be stressful, uncomfortable, but also going to be manageable for the Suns. But when Devin Parker got control of that ball, he had a 40. He's like, no, you're not taking that shot I am. And every single time, he was like contested, up close, couldn't even get an inch. Should have been of several and ones. Fouls that were not called, a lot of travel fouls that were not called. But getting back on topic... Even in contested shots, cut shots, nervous impacting shots, game-altering shots, he was there. The first quarter was his, third quarter was his, fourth quarter was his, second quarter was his. Even when Devin Booker was out of the game, even when he was out of the game taking the breaks, you have to. The Suns are still holding on. The Suns were not letting up. Cam Johnson did the same. Chris Paul did the same. DeAndre Ang did the same. I would have liked to see DeAndre Ang get involved more with the with getting more shots. He did miss he did miss his first shot. Did have the ball stripped away from him a few times. But I like to see him going hard to hold. But here's the saying. I'm happy it wasn't they were trying they weren't trying to do new things in game six. They stuck to Devin Booker and Devin Booker proved why. He deserves to be there always, being their franchise player, the guy that wields them, the guy being mini Kobe Bryant on that stage, lights burning bright, shining, sweat pouring down their face, adrenaline going, nervousness going, blocking all crowd noises out, and being legendary. That's what he did. And there's so many things I could say about the game, but you have to watch that game and how nervous it was. Being up by 7 or 27, it didn't matter. 
Anything could happen. Runs could happen. And watching that game, seeing what happened, that was a sight to see. And that was something of huge significance, of huge props. That's that's how you end it. That's how you close out a game. And everybody was trolling LeBron and the Lakers. When LeBron made his stupid comments. Jay Crowder made him right back, mocking LeBron, stewing the salsa, getting ejected, sprinting to locker. It was so pumped up in what they did. After they dedicated Molly Williams to game ball, because of all the accomplishments they had, of all the stuff that they had to go through, the trials and errors and tribulations they had to incur and embark on, they were just screaming, ecstatic, celebrating, cheering in that locker room, going after it, partying, celebrating. But then they're like, party's over, time to get back to work. The following day, which was yesterday, Jay Crowder was like, Jay Crowder was like, uh, Devin Booker was also like, we celebrated, that's great, but now we have to go up against a strong Denver team, and we can't take a lightly, we need to start. Focusing on how we could take out Denver. And that matchup starts game one um, in Phoenix um, this Monday at 7.30 p.m. And you never know. You may see courts of heat there. We may buy tickets to one of these games. Most likely game one or game two. That's what we're feeling. We have no idea yet. But that is a surprise that I'm hoping that we can capitalize on. As tickets are cheap and Suns are just already promoting their tickets, which they should. But, but yeah, this is where the now with the win, the Suns advance to face the Denver Nuggets in the Western Conference semifinals. Oh man, the Lakers had no answer, just all questions to what they could not have done. To stop Devin Booker. They were all on a mission. And the firepower was just not with the Lakers. Andres killed him. Alex Crusoe was out. Um, Anthony Davis is out. Made game. This is all happening in game. LeBron just gave up. Gassed out. Missing layups. Not being forceful. And the Lakers just showed their dominance. Man oh man. And this is. I want to turn gears to the Lakers. I could keep pounding the Lakers. But this is why you need to change up what Anthony Davis is doing in the work in the weight room, working out because this this guy should not be getting injured. He's still relatively young to have all these injuries and killing his own career each season with these injuries and taking more and more games out of his career and killing his mobility and his durability day in and day out, especially on the knees. This. Uh, this recent groin injury, um, eye injuries, head injuries, arm injuries, whatever injury you can get, he seems like the kind of guy that's getting him and has been proven. But this is why the Lakers need another player. This is why the Lakers need some more than LeBron, more than Anthony Davis to go on because LeBron's 36, going to be 37 next year. He doesn't have much time left. He was not willing himself. He knows how to win. He knows how to be competitive. But game five and six were not their games. It was just horrifically 
and utterly embarrassing and really lackluster for the Lakers. And it shows that LeBron can't do it anymore on his own. He needs that second player. And he can't be returned to his 2015-2016 form like he was with the Cavs. Different years, different times, different settings. And just age takes a toll on you. No matter how much money you put into your body, father time will always be successful and cripple a man's career when the age and time comes right. And that's something you have to look out for. Because LeBron's not eternal. He's 14-1 the first round. You, The Suns broke the streak. They broke the streak. 14-1. They broke the stupid streak of LeBron being winning in the first round. He's 14-1. No longer um, immortal on that end. He's no longer the defending champs. The defending champs got booted in the first round by the underdogs, Phoenix Suns. And now they're... That's to win the NBA Finals, or at least make it to the NBA Finals, is now 8-1. to one. So instead of it being like 64-1, to one, or I can't remember what it was, they're now 8-1, making it more probable. And I'd just like to say, my brackets predicted this was going to happen. I had one bracket dedicated to the Lakers, but two or three of them are seeing the Suns winning, and one out of three of them showing, showing the fr- Four to two in game in six games for the Suns, which is pretty impressive. Now you face the Nuggets, and without um, Jamal Murray, with only Jokic and PJ and Eric Gordon, who've been battling through significantly, what does that mean for them? We will talk about the Nuggets right now. I'm celebrating the Lakers losing. I don't want LeBron back in the pops. I want the Suns to continue going. I want Devin Booker to continue shine. I want him to be an all-star. He is an all-star. The players knew it. Organizations knew it. Executives knew it. Everybody knew it besides the fans. And what he demonstrated last um, Friday, sorry, Thursday night, my apologies, is now seeing that he's all-star. He's no longer this sub guy, snub guy that just makes it because someone's injured. No. He proved his worth a long time ago, and now he's capitalizing it on national stage. I'm going to talk more about the Nuggets series on Monday. On Monday. Monday at 8 a.m. Don't miss it. I'm not missing that podcast episode. Because I'm going to unload on every St. Phoenix Suns. I'm, I've been rallied. I'm still in shock. I still can't believe it. Because... Yeah, this this is just insane. This is legendary. Be legendary. Man oh man, what have we what are we witnessing? Okay, I need to calm down because if you guys didn't look at my Twitter feed, I was posting everything. I was pumped up. Words cannot describe how pumped up I am because yeah. Because yeah. Suns won. It's all that matters. With his six minutes remaining, we were up 101-84. And then give it to Aiden. Um, campaign was a horrible player. I hate him. I want him to be caught. He, he's a disaster on the court. But I'll talk about that more on Monday. I'm just enjoying the victory. Enjoying the round one. I get there's more work to be done. Like Devin Booker said, mini Mamba. And I truly believe that. 
I truly believe Kobe, the ghost of Kobe Bryant was there. The present spirit Kobe Bryant is proud and he is fulfilling his friend and his, um, and, um, one of his friends that was in the NBA. So, cool deal, cool deal. But yeah, if you guys go to Twitter.com slash Corte Heat, you can just see everything I post about the Phoenix Suns. Everything I was confirming. Uh, I I was reposting stuff from Christian Kirk, from Gambo, uh, just talking about how crazy um, Devin Booker was. People were just saying, Buck. People were saying, oh my goodness, at Devin Booker. People were by Kyle Murray said that Booker is a demon, and he was. He was just a. He was. He was just. He was possessed for power of. I'm not missing. This is my Kobe Bryant moment. I am more than the Lakers. I am more than LeBron right now. This is my time to shine. He did it. True spectacular. But yeah, remember to go to Twitter.com. Twitter.com slash Courtsay Heat. Remember Twitter.com slash Courtsay Heat. And you can see everything. So I posted a lot. And I even talked about that the day before um, our podcast, uh, before the game came, uh, before the game aired. So, yeah. So, without further ado, let's get to the final things, uh, which would be, oh, oh, wow, a lot of things are happening. Okay, so, things are unfolding now. Yesterday night, we saw Clippers against Mavericks, and the Clippers, they are holding on strong. They won, they won that game to tie the series free of peace. What looked like a dominant start, looked like a dominant series for the Mavs, is turning out to be a crippling one, who originally started 2-0, Luka Magic, Luka Doncic, fighting for next strength, that are saying, could not close out the series. Kawhi... Excuse me, Kawhi Leonard, Reggie Bullock, Paul George, um, and everyone else balled out. Especially Kawhi Leonard with 45 points, Reggie Jackson with 25, and Chris Paul with 20 points. I mean, sorry, Paul George with 20 points and 13 rebounds. But that's insane. Uh, Luka Doncic did have 29 points and 11 rebounds. Tim Hardaway Jr. with 23 points. Uh, Doron Finney, uh, Finney Smith, 11 points, 7 rebounds, and then Boban Marnovich, 12 points. That was your top scores of the game for both teams. First half was a very close game. The whole game was close, but the Mavs looked more dominant until Kawhi Leonard came up to show. And it's very interesting. Everybody's pointing this out. Kawhi Leonard down... 2-0 in the series. His team's not going to going uh winning, not in their winning ways, not going the way everybody thought it was gonna be. He turns into a different beast, into a different mode, and it was showing these past three games. Five yeah no, no no after game two, so four past four games, tying his series free free. Going into a sun death, winner takes all, winner go home, uh, loser will cry like a little baby. Winners will be glorified champions heading into that final uh, game for round two. 
Here's the thing I'm struggling with, and this would actually meet the uh, Utah Jazz, not to cut myself off, but here's the thing, Christoph Porzingis is worthless. He's, he didn't get anything. Seven points in 31 minutes, he was three of seven. He's just been very inconsistent. That's in 31 minutes, and that's like five rebounds and three assists. Boban is much better, and he only had 17 minutes to get 12 points, nine rebounds, and one assist. We can tell where Christoph Porzingis is. Christoph Porzingis will never return to our original form just because of injuries. And injuries have killed his mobility, has killed his effect on the court, impact on the court, impact for his team, and just being a terror on opposing teams. That has changed. If Boban's getting more stats than just getting... Better statistics than you are in 17 minutes and you are in 31 minutes and have better shooting. I'm looking to shoot right now. He, even though he's 5 13, he committed, he made more shots. Granny did take more shots, but he got more rebounds. Uh, that shouldn't happen when some guys playing 31 minutes, but they're being ousted by a guy playing in 17. I'm just saying, that's on the lookout for. Luka Doncic looked great. I was taking the Mavs to win, but the Clippers came back and won by seven. No surprise here. Well, a lot of surprise, but um, what can I say? I was wrong, and the Clippers came here and just blew past them. Uh, tomorrow morning, uh, tomorrow morning or tomorrow afternoon, right at twelve thirty p.m., we'll be having Mavericks against Clippers. That game's a toss-up. I have no idea who's going to win that. That's in L.A. That's games that winner go home. All I know is going to be Kawhi against Luka Doncic going back and forth. Kawhi against Luka Doncic is going to be a great matchup in Game 7. Either my prediction is going to be right on all my brackets or not. Can I pick the Mavericks to win? Because I remember I did this before the puffs, after Game 1, after Game 2. But I should have never counted that Kawhi Leonard. Because now, from going on the brink of elimination, which they still are, they have better chances now winning the series. And now the Mavericks and Clippers have everything to lose and everything to win. Crazy if you think about it. That's on Sunday. Also on Sunday, before we get to Bucks Nets, um, uh, the Hawks 76ers begin. And I have no idea what's going on with Joel Embiid. Of this time, but I don't. That one's also going to be a toss up because if Joel Embiid's not there, Ben Simmons is not going to pull through. He's just not. Um, uh, Tobias Harris is not going to be scoring 27 like he did last game. To be, um, and not Seth Curry's definitely not going to be getting 30 points like he did last game against the Wizards to close out the series. I believe four was it four to two, four to one, four to one, right? So this is going to be an interesting one starting Sunday at 10 a.m. in the morning, Arizona time, which will be tomorrow, June 6th. Um, Hawks against Philly. Philly gets home court advantage first. I'm going to give that one to Philly. I don't know. Just home court advantage. Uh, you got Doc Rivers against Nate McMillan. Ben Simmons against John Collins. You can't really do comparison because Trey Young's better than Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris, and Seth Curry combined. But 
can they outlast the Hawks? Maybe. I'm going to take 76ers in game one and evaluate from there. I want to know if the, the small meniscus tear in the knee of Joel Embiid will keep him out for a minute or pause. I have a feeling that it is going to be, but I have no idea. So do not take my uh, prediction serious. We'll know more about that in the upcoming days, I guess. I'm actually looking at Joel Embiid now. Yeah, like yeah, 10 hours ago, it was reported that... Uh, like, no, I'm sorry, Daco. It was reported that still uncertain on Joel Embiid's Game 1 status. Still out. Uh, they are talking about Sixers playing at center. Because you got America, Clint Capella is going to be all over those reborn, rebounds. And just getting inside of the Elvis center. Which could mean the Hawks could win. Trey Young on the outside. John Collins on the inside. And Clint Capella getting to his boards. Yikes. This game could go either way. My mind's not made up. I want Philly and the Hawks to go on. But I have a feeling if Philly's going to outlast them. I don't know. I'm going to make more of my sulfide picks. I saw the Knicks were going to advance. So my things are just skewed right now. My brackets. But it doesn't matter. I'll look at my brackets again. But I'll be making all my predictions come through social media and whatnot. But yeah, that's where we're at. That's where we're at on that. And now we come to the most important games, which are happening today, which would be the, what do you call, oh yeah, Bucks against Nets. And I talked about, oh, we have a special on Friday. What does this mean about the Bucks, the Nets, the only games happening tomorrow Tomorrow, or I'm sorry, today at 4.30 p.m. That's live on TNT happening where the Brooklyn Nets will be in Brooklyn having home court advantage. It will be Drew Holiday, Giannis, and Chris Middleton up against James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and uh, who else? Oh, James Harden, Kyrie, and Kevin Durant. They're big free, big free against big free. Even though the Bucks are not classified as a big free, I'm just taking their first free players, just calling them big free against the proclaimed big free of Brooklyn. This one's going to be really high. I said the, if they make it to a game seven, despite no sweeps, no one gets swept, it's not going to end like 4 1, 4 2. Let's say they make it to a game seven. I predict this long time. This is going to be one of the most highly watched, one of the best ratings that NBA will have for a playoff game in a while if they make it to a game. So I think it's going to be very thrilling. I think the fans are going to be pumped for this one. Bucks and Nets. I'm excited to see what the Nets can do even more since Blum passed the Celtics because the Celtics were no challenge despite having Jason Tatum. You had a banged up roster. I now want to see what both teams can do after Brooklyn won four one against the Celtics, and Bucks won four nothing, swept the Heat, an easy first round. I believe the Bucks can win if they could just play defense, because both teams have advantage here, advantages and disadvantage. Neither team can play defense, but at least with the one thing, 
Jeff Green that was out, he was used for defensive purposes. He was one of their small defensive guys, not known for their uh, offensive. Even Joe Harris, he's not a bad defensive player, but he's more known for his three-point specialties. He's a three-point specialist. Not more, not known for his defensive tactics, but here's saying P.J. Tucker is. And P.J. Tucker can put up a fight. Yes, he's in his mid-30s, but he is a good defender. Not one of the best players they have, but he's a good defender. One I can help when it is needed and most vital for him to play. And if you can contain the paint in the three-point area, then you should have a successful time against the Nets. And same for you just have to stop Giannis uh, from driving the entire time and just stopping their three-pointers or mid-jumpers because you just can't have a run. Here's the thing. Dante DiVincenzo was also a good mid, uh, mid-range mid jumper and three-point specialist. He liked doing that. He was very good in that, especially at the corner free. He did that a lot before he was out for the remainder of the puffs and all the rounds, depending on how far they advanced, due to, I believe, a foot injury, which hurts for the Bucks. But, yeah, so Nets have a part that's going to be day-to-day, but I'm sorry, Nets have a part that's going to be day-to-day, while the Bucks have a player that's out for the remainder of the season of the postseason, which can be tough, which can be tough, but the Bucks need to do many, many things. Yeah, but the Bucks need to do this. First of all, they need to limit the production of Brooklyn's big free, right? You need to stop Durant, Hart, and Irving. No matter what they have to do, if they get in a rhythm or they just start hitting shots, it's over. Because you have a great ball handler. You have a great uh, dagger of a player in Kevin Durant. And James Harden, he just finds some way to score every single time, it seems like. And for and for the Bucks, they need to stop Brooklyn's big free because I'll take the heart out of that team's momentum and out of that team's like uh, fate of winning any game, because all three players against Boston, which you gotta remember, they it's kind of skewed because they're playing as injured players, injured rosters, not very good, a lot of uncertainty, COVID, whatnot. But all three players averaged this past uh, round over 24 points per game against Boston. And all three of them also shot over 49% from the field. That is extremely efficient, extremely dominant. And that's needless to say, that's an underestimate. That's an understatement by far. They need... To limit their production, they need to make it diff- things difficult as possible. To win those games, the box them out, cancel out their opportunities of hitting three-pointers. They have to show real grind, real hustle, real mental and physical toughness against this big free. Because if you have these guys shooting over 49% from the field and getting tw- over 24 points per game, and gosh knows how many... Rebounds and assists per game. That's going to be something. You can't let these guys beat you on the inside. It can't allow you to beat them on the outside. Make a few dribbles. Oh, here we go. Shots are being put up. But this is like where um, Ante DeCoupo 
and Giannis, Holiday, and Milton have to show up. This is where they have to defend against Brooklyn. This is where they have to match shot for shot. Right? Even if they can't stop and defensively, and both teams don't do a great job defensively, they have to stop Blake Griffin. They have to stop um, DeAndre Jordan. They have to stop the big free. They have to do everything in their uh, goodwill to defeat this Brooklyn Nets team. Because if you don't go shot for shot and try to outlast them, they're going to outlast you. They're going to tear all your walls down, layer up by layer, and just keep pounding you in. That's what he did against the Celtics. And now it's pretty much a sample per game what we saw this regular season. And despite only being in a handful of regular season games before going to postseason, this big freeze has been working out perfectly, especially if under the guidance of of um, Steve Nash as the head coach. Then, of course, on the coaching staff, you have Amari uh, Stoudemire, right? But here's the thing. You can't let, you can't let the Nets attack you offensively. That cripples your defense. You need to be defensively strong and physically capable of whatever's going to happen because Brooke Lopez is going to be the guy that's going to be in the paint having to try to stop a raging bull, James Harden, a raging bull, Joe Harris, a raging bull, whoever, right? Joe Harris mainly going to take freeze. Kevin Durant's going to drive him mid-jumper. James Harden's going to be there for his three-pointer. Kyrie's going to go to the whole fit. That's how I see it. Plus, you can't let the added pressure get to you. You can't if you're Milwaukee. You can't let the added pressure get to you. From what's been going on with Giannis, like it does he want to be here after signing the extension? What can they do if it is Drew Holiday's piece? Is Giannis Holiday Middleton enough? Can they survive the second round? They survived the first, yes, but that was against a that was against an interesting exposed Heat team. But can they do it against a good team, a team that has came in the top three seed of their division, arguably one of the best teams this league has seen this year, and it may not even be close. Who's also been red hot, limited injuries, has a great supporting cast around the big three. A great bench and just an aggressive mindset from a player coach. Those are questions surrounding them. They don't. They don't want to run it back for next season. They're ready to win, yes, but they have to give it everything they got, especially starting out Brooklyn, because home court for Brooklyn is going to be key, because that's where added adrenaline and fuel is going to be coming in from for Brooklyn for the Brooklyn Nets. But Milwaukee's just going to have to start not bombing it, but exceeding expectations, exceeding their own limitations, and just keep applying their own sort of pressure upon the net, saying, hey, we're going to win one, two of these games in the series. We're going to try to make this competitive and try to get a winning culture, get a winning mindset after game one, after game two, going back to Milwaukee. That's why things going to happen. 
a lot of things can happen. I can break this down here further, but I need to see what are they, what both teams can do in game one. Because we can all say, oh, they need to do this or they need to do that. But I just need to see how both teams perform in game one and how they can all be affected going into game two. Last game in Brooklyn before they go to game three and four in Milwaukee. To game five back to Brooklyn. Game six to Milwaukee. Game seven, Brooklyn. And that's the worst place to be in if you're in a game seven. Why? Because going back to Brooklyn against a red-hot Nets team, probably. Then bearing any setbacks, limitations, like injuries and whatnot. Uh, suspensions. Probably not going to see any suspensions. Injuries, maybe. You could not want to see a little angry, ready-to-go squad known as the Brooklyn Nets roster and fan base. But yeah, that's what we have. That's what the Bucks have to do. Pretty much simplified in shorter terms. I I think overall the Bucks can do it. I think the Nets can also do it. I think it's gonna be a thrilling classic series between the two. I think it's gonna test a lot of players mentally uh, mentally and physically. I think it's also going to be a challenge um, in the first few games. I also think it's going to be something where we see Giannis be tested, Durant be tested, uh, Harden be tested, Kyrie be tested, Middleton be tested, Harris be tested, everyone be tested. Because this is going to take every ounce. Because the Bucks are a good team and so are the Nets. And they're just going to go trade punch for punch, blow for blow, uh, cheap shot for cheap shot, quickness for quickness, strength for strength, athleticism on full display for both teams, awareness, core presence, going to be there for both teams, like Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday, and like Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Just naming like a handful of guys here. And it comes down to all of these players. If you stop the big free on your team, you can win the game. Simple as that. Easier said than done, obviously. But this is what we're looking for today at, um, at 4.30 p.m. Arizona time. When the game begins, it will be 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. Um, if you're in Utah or anywhere around there, I don't know. Um, it will be 5.30 Um uh, that's pretty much it. Oh, yeah, that's why I brought up Utah. Utah Jazz will be either taking on the Mavs or uh, what, or who else? Or the Clippers. That game will be decided on Sunday. I'm going to have that broken down on Monday. See what happens. But pure excitement. I'm, like, overjoyed throughout social media just watching the game. About the Suns. I'm truly happy. I'm truly excited. And I can't wait to see more from the Suns. Starting uh, second round. And I'm going to be giving tons of updates around the Suns. Much needed break for Chris Paul's shoulder. And for everybody else's body. Mentally and physically. Giving a four day break. Yeah, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. If you have about four day break, give or take. We're able to get back in the weight room. Uh, training room, uh, film room, whatever room you want to call it. 
grinding back, relaxing, and trying just to absorb all the energy you had in that game and try to decompose and try to regain the mindset of winning and regain. We have a new task on our mind, uh, potentially a better team and a more healthy team that's going to take all of our ounce of energy again. But there we have it. Remember, if you want to find us on social media, uh, just type in Courts of Heat one word on the Google machine. All of our social media links will pop up. Or if you want to, just go to Twitter.com slash Courts of Heat, Instagram.com slash Courts of Heat NBA, Facebook.com slash Courts of Heat, Tumblr.com slash Courts of Heat, Linktree.com slash Courts of Heat, YouTube.com, you'll have to type our name, one word, uh, no, actually, three words, court and space, heat, uh, then side and space, then heat, then enter, right? So spaces in between the words, and then boom, you'll find us, click on us, subscribe, like, share uh, with everyone that you know, family, friends, relatives, uh, people, strangers, whatever. Um, and yeah, we have everything, we're going to be covering everything this is no joke. We are heading into the second round after Sunday as the as the Mavs are the only team, uh, Mavs and Clippers are the only teams left in the first round. Who's going to be eliminated? We'll find out this Sunday very soon. See you guys for listening or watching the case be uh, wherever that may be. We'll see you again on the next podcast episode Monday morning at 8 a.m. Be there We'll be here breaking down all that happened Saturday, Sunday. And don't forget the newsletter, whether you're in the free one or join that membership, which are in the links below. We'll be post on Sunday morning at around 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. See you guys for listening or watching. We'll see you on the next podcast episode.